Hallelujah. Well, what do you need? I just heard this as a, I just heard this. No, I got to get my glasses out. Oh, she's got to have her glasses. I got you. Okay, there you go. No, go somewhere else. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. I just heard that so clear as we were singing tonight. And he's just the same. here or any old uh, AG people here? Yes, I, I thought so, yes. Because your lips are moving. The rest of you must have been Catholic. Because Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And then I heard this, and his name is Jesus. Jesus. That's my key. There is something about his name. Oh, I'm expecting the glory to fall in here if you need healing, Master, Savior. Healer. I know the words, I just changed it. Like the fragrance after. Thank you. 
say, what are you going to do? I'm just going to say the name of Jesus. Oh, today I was in my room and things started to, to mount up and I heard this and I heard that. And I just, I started singing, I started singing Jesus, Jesus, or something about your name. And then I was thinking of that song, it is your love. I love that. I love it in French. It is your goodness. My Holy Ghost. It's your kindness and compassion that fills me up inside. says you're supposed to do that <laughs> in your room and praising the Lord and just worshiping him you know and just oh just loving on him something said, about a song oh hallelujah. the Bible says he'll give you a song in the night song. right in the middle of the darkest hour the Bible says the song of the Lord is in your heart so then and he can just give you his he said he put a new song in my mouth when I was in the miry clay and I'm telling you, Anybody that name, in that? that name, that name, somebody's having trouble with your left ear in here. That name is the healer of blood disease. That name is the healer. Anything, I don't care what it is, arthritis, sugar diabetes, name it. It's a name, and that name right now is shooting right through your body. <laughs> you said, what's wrong with you? Oh, man, I got a fire shut up in my bones. We were just in a service. You know, I've been reading this book on, on the glory. Have you guys read about this book, The Azusa Street? And I said, Lord, I think that's great. And I love to read what happened to other people, but I want to see it now. And so for 31 years, we've been seeing miracles and signs and wonders. Brother Hagen said, boldness attracts miracles. It attracts trouble, but it attracts miracles. It does. <laughs> it does. Hallelujah. Somebody's having trouble with your knees in here, in your left knee. Praise the Lord. Oh, it's been healed. Praise God, praise God, praise God. How many of you read the last uh, chapter of this book? In the last chapter, William Seymour, the one-eyed black man who was, uh, you know, had a, a big part to play in the revival of the Azusa Street. They said there was a prophecy that was given around 1910. He said, about a hundred years from now, there will be another move of the Spirit of God. Stronger than this one. I don't know. Do anybody know what time it is? You know, I found out something about God. Whosoever will can come. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a part. You want to be a part? Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Oh, they, they said in Azusa Street there was a toddler there, and she would become so comfortable with the thick mist that filled the room. And I started reading the word because I know you're a teacher. And, you know, <laughs> um, Pastor Bob's a teacher, so... You know, I started reading all the scriptures where it was because I thought, I'm not just going to throw it out there because I'll have some ammo after the meeting. You know, I thought, no, no, I saw it, I saw it, I saw She's it. She's like Barney Five. She's got her bullet. I you got know? my one bullet and I'm going to, Just you know, watch out if she shoots it. <laughs> I mean, if I'm up here, anybody can be up here. I mean, really. No, if you're, you know, you said, well, where did you get the call? I don't know. I just got the call to care. You know what I'm saying? And you got a fire. People wonder if they got any preach. If you got any preach in you, you're a preacher. And he'll make preachers who never preach preachers. He'll make dads who never fathered fathers. He'll make moms who never mothered mother. He does that. The anointing. The anointing. I'm telling you, the anointing sometimes is so strong on me. Woo! I feel like I'm going to pop. 
So there was a little girl. She was three years old. She'd been in the Azusa Street. She was in there, and she'd be playful. She'd be playful, and she'd wake up and try to put the mist into her arms because recently we've been seeing the glory cloud. And I said, Lord, I don't want to do something flaky, you know, because I, I'm willing to do anything he says. I'm willing to go anywhere. I'm willing to lay hands on anybody. In fact, I do. At Cracker Barrel, I laid hands right on the lady in between the door leaving and the door going to the outside. And so people were trying to get past us, and I thought, you know, it's not my problem. <laughs> Can you see I'm busy? Why? Because she was trembling like this and could hardly move. And I said, you know, Jesus is the healer. She said, yes. I said, I'll help you. I'll help you. Because nobody was letting her through. Nobody was doing anything. Nobody was helping her. And I said, I'll help you. And I said, you know, he's a healer, you know. She said, oh, I believe in miracles. I said, well, so do I. Oh, you said, yeah, but you're different. I'm no different than anybody else. Listen, I made a D average in school, but I can read. The Bible says, greater works than these shall you do if you believe. What's it? And these signs will follow those who believe. Do you believe it? They went That's... everywhere preaching the word. The Lord confirming his word. You know, it's kind of like you've seen those commercials lately. It's like Jesus comes up and says, I'm Jesus Christ, and I approve this message. Hey! Yeah, glory to I'll God. I'll put my stamp on this. Yeah, that's what he does. He approves, he says, and <laughs> the Lord working with him, confirming Ooh. his word, I approve this message with Ooh. signs following. I'll tell you what, we're going to see, we're going to see greater Ooh. things than we've seen. We, the best has not happened. No. We are on our way to a, a shout of glory that's bringing the king back. And, and I even saw, I even saw in, in, oh, good Lord, now I don't know which book it was in, but I, that Bible is big. Have you ever noticed that? It's from one of those books and, and, in the New Testament where they went into the, the glory cloud because, you know, a lady came into one of our services and I called her down to testify and I knew the glory was there, but I couldn't see it. And, um, but I knew, I knew the presence was so strong, much like it's fall. When he, when he, I, I loved what he said, you know, come up. Not down, you need to come down. Come up. Yes. But the Spirit falls like rain. Oh, I've been pressing for that. Why? Because there's too many sick people. There's too many backslidden people. There's too many not saved. And the altars are full of people. I'm using my faith for that. Hello, Mrs. Yandian. I haven't seen you in a long time. And and so, and so when the, I asked her to come up and give a testimony. And she's a very matter-of-fact woman, a very heady woman. Uh, you know, she's not like, you know, woo. And uh, she just, I don't, I don't need that. Let me get it out of the way. Okay, get it out of the way. We never can tell what's going to happen here. And so uh, I, I, I called her to testify about how all of her family got spirit-filled and born again in one of our services many, many years ago because we'd never been to this church, and I was trying to help them get, you know, testify. A little history, you know. Give them a little history anything. so they could build their faith into something that could happen for them. And she said she walked up, and all of a sudden I saw her. She came right here in front of me. I was standing about right here, and she came, and she began to gyrate, and she went all the way to the wall and slid down the wall, and I went, well, that was interesting. I said, anybody else want to come down? <laughs> and another lady, another brave soul came down, and we talked about being healed, and, and uh, she walked into the, she walked in the same spot, and all of a sudden something happened to her ears, and she could, she, uh, in the back of her neck, she had had two shots every day. For pain. From a car wreck, for pain. She 
came back that night and said, I didn't have any shots this day. She came back no the shots. next night and said, Never no had shots. any shots. Didn't, had no pain, needed no, no shots. shots. Next no night, shots. the same thing. The glory, thing. the glory. So the next day, I asked that lady, and, and things started happening. Oh, oh, just, it was very interesting. But things have been happening like that. You know, you got to believe for the glory. Believe for that when you preach the gospel, manifestations and signs and wonders. Believe for that. Believe that you'll be healed. Believe for things. Believe for him to, to shake the building if, yes. he, if he so pleases. It's in the New Testament. Isn't that right, Pastor Bob? It's in the New <laughs> Testament. I'm just watching him because if he goes like that, I'm going to change it. And so, and he knows he can go like that and pull me off. It wouldn't bother him. Said, Would that bother you? No, I just I figured Find out something else to say. another way to do it. I just figured, oh, I didn't, didn't say that. Say something else. All right. Said so this toddler, she was asleep. She loved in the mist that she'd wake up in the mist and in the glory. They said there was fire that would come on top of the building. And we had a friend of ours who was getting her hair done. And she was, <laughs> and she was inside. We'd been in their church, and they had just called me. And they said, oh, Cindy, thank you for coming. I mean, the glory is so strong and the fire is so hot. And I said, well, praise God. You know, just keep it going. And the fire would come in Azusa Street. It would come on the building as though it would fall down and go back up in the sky. But there was nothing, nothing was burning kind of like the bush in Moses, you know what I'm saying? Well, she didn't finish the story with the woman at the beauty shop. She said the hair, the girl that was cutting her hair or whatever kept looking out at her car and she'd kind of stare for a moment then she'd start cutting her hair again or whatever she was doing. She did that about three times and finally she put her stuff down and went out and, and ran out to this lady's car, came back in. She said, I'm sorry, but she said, it looked like your car was on fire. <laughs> well, this lady didn't know anything, but the Woo! girl who was cutting her hair, I mean, the girl who was getting her hair cut said, I knew I'd been to church where the fire of God had been falling. And she said, I couldn't explain it. She didn't try to make an issue of it. She just kind of smiled and went on. She you said, I, I mean? guess it just fell on my car. <laughs> oh, I know. I've gone and sat in planes and people go, what is it about you? And I go, you really want to know? I'll tell you. I sat next to a businessman. He said, man, he said, there's something about you. He said, he said, what do you do? I said, I'm a preacher and a gospel singer. He said, I thought you was a high-powered businesswoman. I said, I am. High Very power. high power. I said, sir, it's the highest power you can get. He said, I'm from England. Can I find a church near me that talks like you? I said, I said, where are you from? He said, Manchester. I said, yeah, there's one in Liverpool. Die Stacy. I said, just go right on tour. She'll she does just like us. He said, I believe I will. Ha <laughs> ha. Hallelujah. Amen. Does somebody see something about you that they want? Lois said that one time in a meeting, and I've never forgotten it. Listen, during Azusa Street, there was a guy named uh, Garcia. Maybe he was a Spanish. Espanol, you see? Uh, okay. Maybe he's Spanish. And he says he would, they'd get off the train station. It was not far from him. And people would get off the train station, walk across the platform, and fall out in the spirit. I don't understand that. Well, just stay Ephesians 3.20 and go on. You know, when Stephen was stoned, he looked up there and he, he said he saw the glory. You know, there's a glory world. And I said, God, help me not to live so close to the natural that I can be perceptive and see things and, and pray for people and, and move by your spirit. And when your glory falls all over the room, one lady we were praying, and I'm telling you, oh, 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 the lady who came down, you know what she saw that night? Remember the transfiguration? I was looking for it because she said, she, when she walked down the auditorium, she said she saw a shield going from the floor to the ceiling, and it was all over me. Well, I don't like to draw attention to myself. 
but I've been praying for the glory. I've been praying so people will be healed, free. We've been preaching the word. Salvations. We had a 96-year-old lady come get saved. I tell you, I was so excited. And then the very small one, I went, yeah, come on, come on. Amen. Let's get them. Let's get them in. The church, you know, Captain Koopman said sometimes the reason the people go, the world goes to people out there for signs and wonders because they don't see them in the church. But every time somebody hears the word of God and their heart is melted and changed and they walk out of that building and they leave and they're different in their home and everybody sees it, that's a sign of wonder. That's a manifestation of the word of God. Amen. And so she said, I decided to walk into it. And when I did, she said, it was the glory enveloped me from the bottom to the top. She said, and then I didn't know what happened after that. So I looked it up because I thought I'm going to say this tonight and I got to make sure my pastor Bob knows it's in the word said the transfiguration it said and then they walked into glory another little baby had, had, had infection in her ears 11 months old 9 months cried every night the glory I tell you I sense it here right now prayed for that little baby no more no more Sometimes you can see the glory on people. One man ran down the altar and shoved his baby in my arms because it cried constantly. The baby stopped. I think he was shocked when he looked up and saw me, and I went, hi there. He was stunned with my smile. No, but the glory was there. I said, how can you cut up? Because God knows me. He said, the glory was all over there. Glory. Ha. Ha. The glory's here. You know, sometimes you can speak to things, you know, tell it to go. Today I had to speak to something over my head, boy, and I said, don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't you even think. Don't you even think it. Don't even, don't even, my dad always used to say, don't even look like you're going to do it. And I said, don't even look like, think like you're going to think. Something, a sickness. I said, no, uh-uh. no, that's not mine. Nope, that's not mine. No, I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Mm-mm. Don't belong to me. No, I've done something I shouldn't do. Father, forgive me, and I'm walking on. And the glory just came on me. Filled that place. I got on my knees. I said, oh, Jesus. Jesus, you're so wonderful. I love your glory and your presence. I love you, Lord. Just do it all the time. Do it in your car. I don't just do that in church. Then I'd be a hypocrite. <laughs> just praise him because the glory is here. I tell you, it keeps working in the head. Somebody's left side of your head. It's left side of your, your head, your ear, or something like that. He's, he's, he's moving. One, listen, we were in one service, and, and just recently, and I was, I was so caught up. I was down on, I was out. I had fallen out, and I was just, I was on the ground. I think the pastors were next to me, and I looked at them, couldn't look at them because I couldn't handle looking at them, and I was just out of it. All of a sudden, I hear over there this lady going, and the, oh, the room is just, the whole room is just full of the glory, and I hear this woman going, Well, you know, it bothers a lot of people, but screaming doesn't bother me. And I went, what's going on over there? <laughs> but I couldn't get to her. 
because I was drunk in the Holy Ghost. And someone said, well, a lady behind her, her pants started to fall off. What would you do if you were standing there and somebody's pants started to drop? So she grabbed the back of them. For those of you who are trying to get a visual, she grabbed the back of them so they wouldn't fall off. Because she, and when she did, the lady thought her zipper had broken. Right? She thought her zipper had broken, so she grabbed her pants. When she grabbed her pants, she got a big handful of pants, and they realized they both realized at the same time that lady had come in there with a tumor that made her look like she was pregnant. They actually had they had a picture of her the next night that showed her, and that tumor had disappeared. Woo! Oh, that's the glory. glory. That's what's happening here right now. Lumps Hallelujah. and tumors are disappearing. I'm using my faith for that tonight. Yeah. I was using my faith for that tonight. For lumps and tumors to disappear. Using my faith for the whole, the power of God to, to just go in there and just work in your body yeah. by the glory. I didn't have anything to do with that. Uh, we, we, we've been praising, we've been singing, we've been shouting, we've been, well, the glory had been there. We've been, I, she I, came up testifying. I, I was she over said, here. I was over she here. She said, I wasn't even, I wasn't saying thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you, Lord, for healing. She said, I was just worshiping the Lord. For the glory. She said, it surprised me as much as everyone else. I mean, she said, I was believing God, but I didn't exactly think, thinking about that right then. It just happened right in the middle of worshiping God. Woo. You know, they really weren't believing for revival in Azusa Street. They were just seeking God. Seeking God. T.L. Osborne, I'll never How many are hungry? Hallelujah. How many are hungry in here? How many are hungry? Oh, what'd you say T.L. Osborne T.L. Osborne, I remember we had we were having lunch with him. I think it was last year before we went to France and, and we were uh, eating Chinese food and he said, uh, we were talking about revival. And he said, well, let me tell you what F.F. Bosworth told me. I said, can I write this down? <laughs> He said, sure, because I said I sure would like to tell somebody else, you know. I don't know if you know who F.F. F. Bosworth was. He wrote Christ the Healer. He was a, a great apostle of faith, and, and uh, he was also uh, T.L. Osborne, one of his mentors. And uh, he said, well, let me tell you what he told me. We were talking about revival. He said, he told me, he said, never say it just happens. Always say it took place. Never say it just happens. Say, what does that mean? It's not some, you know, some, uh, you know, random act of kindness. God's up in heaven, got his eyes covered, and he just throws a dart at the map of the world, and let's see where it hits. And if it just happens to hit in Tulsa, Oklahoma, well, then we'll see something happen there. No, no. It's always the same place. It's always the place where the people of God will not be content and they will not live without the presence of God, where they know what the Word of God says, but no, they're not the just content says. with information. They have the power and the anointing and the inspiration that causes a word to be spoken in due season, a word that opens up a place, opens up a door that you've been trying to kick down for 30 years. This is a, you know, I've heard a lot of people trying to describe what's happening today. Talking about the time. Talking about how it seems like everything's changed all of a sudden. I've heard people talking about it, political ideas. But you understand when something's going on in the spirit and people who don't recognize it and they just live in the natural, then they'll go to what they know to, to try to understand what they, what they, what's happening. And I was reading this book, 2,000 Years of Charismatic Christianity. It's a great book. I don't know. I think we might have a few on our table. I'm not sure. But you know, there were always moments in our history, really, 
moments, you call them like uh, Romans 13, 11 says, times. He said, awakening to the time, knowing what time it is, that now it's high time to awake out of sleep. Hallelujah. That word time is literally an opportunity or a season. And he says, you know, this is our time. Uh, you know, it's kind of like how uh, with Sarah, when she, the Bible says, when she was past age, well, that word is time opportunity season she was past her opportunity but the Bible says she judged him faithful who promised and maybe that's how you feel maybe you feel like you're past your opportunity maybe you feel like it's too late but you know the Word of God has a quickening power and you know what the word of the Lord was that she heard you know what it was is anything too hard for God is anything too hard for God well she had some hard places but she just decided to believe that nothing was too hard for God. And the Bible says she received strength to conceive seed because she judged him faithful who promised. What did he promise? Nothing's too hard for God. And she stepped into her opportunity, her season, out of her inability into his ability. It always happens with people who have the word that God is speaking for their hour and they won't let it go. Listen, this is about the, what they call, when people are trying to describe this time, they call it the Great Depression. They call it the Great, you know, Recession. I don't know, they're trying to figure it out. I believe we're on the verge of a great awakening. I do too. Yes. In fact, I believe we're at yes. the tipping point. Yes. You say, what's the tipping point? My little grandbaby, Shelly's daughter, I call her my grandbaby, she likes to play this game called Spill the Beans. Don't spill, Don't spill the beans. That's right. Don't no, spill she, the no, beans. She thinks if you spill she the thinks, beans, I know, but that's she not wins. A point. Okay. And you say, you got two sides. You say, how do you play that? Well, it's real simple. It's made for a three-year-old, two-year-old. Two sides. And if you got two sides, you each side, you, you know, there's, uh, maybe there may be more. I don't remember. But you got however many players you got. And you stick a bean in each side until one side hits its tipping point. And then all of a sudden, one teeny little bean and plop, <laughs> you spilled the beans. You get them all. Well, you say, what's the whole point of that? I'm telling you, when the Spirit of God's moving, you're waiting for something big to happen. But I'm telling you, one shout, one glory, one, and you all of a sudden, you hit the tipping point when it looks like nothing's happening, and all of a sudden, everything's happening. Everything happens. Well, listen, that's what a great, so in, uh, and it's not like nothing's happened before, but it just comes to light. You know what I mean? Hallelujah. It said uh, colonial America, this is uh, from said the 1700s. Colonial America in 1726 was in moral and spiritual decline. The challenges of frontier life and a series of brutal wars had demoralized many. Well, you could just change a few words and I'd be reading, you know, the headlines today. of today. I mean, you know, uh, modern-day America, computerized America in 2009 was in moral and spiritual decline. The challenges of city life, the silent challenges of the suburbs and series of brutal wars had demoralized many, and many existing churches had degenerated into formal religious institutions with no power to bring about the much-needed change. But there was a pastor of a congregational church in Massachusetts. He expressed concern for the general deadness throughout the land. It's like the Apostle Paul when he went to Athens and his spirit was stirred in him. Stirred. When he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. He was stirred. In other words, he could not sit back and do nothing. It was his time to arise. And that's what I feel like this about us. And it said... 
It said many manifestations of the Great Awakening. Well, let me read you this part here. He called it the Great Awakening. He said our public assemblies were beautiful. He said the congregation was alive in God's service. Everyone intent on public worship. Every hearer eager to drink in the words of the minister as they came from his mouth. He said the congregation from time to time would be in tears. Uh, others with joy and love. It said the, uh, the, the overwhelming presence of the Spirit of God would get carried home so that it would spread throughout the different areas that they would come to. And it says during the, re the result of the revival not only transformed the moral and spiritual character of the community, but also of the entire nation. Now remember, this is in the early 1700s. George Whitfield, who was a friend of the Wesleys, uh, began to preach, and he was an Anglican clergyman. But it says he was not denominationally prejudiced. That means he'd preach anywhere you'd let him. It says signs, Sounds like and, us. Yeah, signs and wonders would accompany his preaching. The power of God would move spontaneously throughout Ooh. the congregation as he spoke. Kind of like Acts 10 when they said, as he yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all who heard. There's just some words that the, you know, they just, uh, the Holy Ghost will put his approval on. What words? The words he wants to say. And it says, now listen to this. It says, Benjamin Franklin was a close friend of Whitfield's. Y'all heard of Benjamin Franklin? Look at your money. He said, his testimony of the power of the revival is particularly significant since he did not profess to be a Christian at this time. He says this in his autobiography. He writes, quote, in 1739, there arrived among us from Ireland the uh, Reverend Mr. Whitfield, who made himself remarkable as an itinerant preacher. He was at first permitted to preach in some of our churches, but the clergy, taking a dislike to him, soon refused him their pulpits, and he was obliged to preach in the field. You say, well, if they don't like it, then we shouldn't do it. You know, they didn't like everything Jesus said. And I don't think he ever said the wrong thing. He didn't say a wrong thing ever. And they didn't like, you know, in fact, if you never run into anybody who doesn't like what you're doing, you might want to check which direction you're going. He said, <laughs> he said the multitude that attended his sermons were enormous. And he said, and this is a, still a direct quote from Benjamin Franklin's autobiography. And he said, it was a matter of speculation to me who was one of the number. He was there. He said uh, to observe the influence of uh, extraordinary influence of his oratory on his hearers from being thoughtless or indifferent. Anybody feel like there are people who are thoughtless or indifferent? Yep. What do we need to hear? Oh, preaching of the word and the manifestations. He said, it seemed as if all the world were growing religious so that no one could walk in town in the evening and without hearing a psalm sung. From whole, the, He said, it seemed like the whole world was thoughtless or indifferent, but then all of a sudden, it seemed like you couldn't walk down the town without hearing families worshiping God. It was the tipping point. It was the place where the people of God oh, began to show forth the, what the Holy Ghost hallelujah. was doing. Sorry. I just, I, I mean, and as they did that, a, a great transformation came not just to their church, but to their, to their time, to their, to their communities, to their, to their uh, country. Many manifestations of the Great Awakening would be very familiar to modern Pentecostals and Charismatics. Falling under the power was not unusual. I know it, they said it, they used to refer to it as fainting, and they described one meeting as just being full of everybody, full of faintings, cryings, and the like. It said the meetings would continue till 10, 11, 12 at night. This was actually now an opposer of the meeting who, who was saying at, at sometimes they would scream or cry out, and others made great manifestations of joy. 
Psalm 68 said, let the people of God rejoice. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Hallelujah. You say, what does that mean? Sometimes Hallelujah. it seems excessive. But that doesn't mean it's out of order. You just got to let out a shout or you just got to say. But listen now, I'm almost done, but listen Woo. to this now. This is the kind of atmosphere that was prompt, predominant, that, that began to turn the tide of our country at this point in time that has brought us to the security and the freedom and the liberty that we enjoy as Americans. It said the revival had far-reaching implications. It said that it changed the moral climate of colonial America, spawned extensive missionary work. Not only that, it was the 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 the... the the point that started colleges like Princeton, Columbia, Hampton, Sydney, Yale, and Harvard, I might add, but it also contributed to the growing sense of political independence among the colonists. Now listen, Harvard professor William Perry states this, quote, the Declaration of Independence of 1776 was a result of the evangelical preaching of the evangelists of the Great Awakening. Hallelujah! Woo! I'm telling you, there's hope. Listen to me, I'm telling you. You say, what was it that caused those colonists to gain what seemed like, uh, 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 to muster the strength for what seemed like a, a certain losing battle? To stand and be, be willing, give me liberty or, or give, give me, me death. death. What was it that caused that kind of attitude? That caused them, they said, we'll either see it or we'll die trying to see it. It wasn't a political party. It was the moving of the Spirit of God, that they had a sense that all oh, things were possible, Lord. that the liberty and freedom they were fighting for were the gift of God that had been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. And he said, he didn't say it added to, it helped. He said it was a result of the evangelical preaching of the evangelists of the great awakening. Ooh, glory to God. The redeemed of the Lord. We're not being silent. Don't let anybody shut you up. No. You be just like John the Baptist. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. His voice prepared the way for the first coming. Your voice prepares the way for the second coming. Go ahead, Cindy likes songs that you can stand your ground in the middle of a storm. Now, I'm not talking to you right now. I'm talking to the liar that says things will never change. You're in a bad place. I go, we hope you've enjoyed this message by Lois Toucher and Cindy Duvall of Shekinah Glory Ministries. For more information about Shekinah Glory, log on to our website at www.shekinahglory.com. There you'll find our entire catalog of teaching materials, music CDs, and books, all available for online purchase. The website also offers our daily devotional, updates from the road, and our ministry itinerary so you can pray for us as we travel throughout the United States and overseas. You can also join our mailing list in order to receive regular newsletter updates of ongoing ministry projects. Thank you and God bless you for your support of Shekinah Glory Ministries. We couldn't do it without you. Truly, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall fill all the earth. This is Ray Toucher, speaking for Shekinah Glory Ministries. Thank you and God bless you.